The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. This show brought to you by Jersey Ninja. New items added weekly, superior quality products, excellent selection, competitive pricing, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. That's Jersey Ninja at jerseyninja.com. Your source for great quality hockey jerseys and performance wear products. Welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? All right, I suppose. It's way too warm here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. This week we went back up to like 80, 83 degrees every day. Wow. Yeah, we're in the 80s as well. Hey, we're in the 80s it's too. It's supposed to be like 60 right now. <laughs> we're in the 80s as well. Yeah, well, we're not supposed to be. Uh, we kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> you chose that. We keep telling you that. Yeah. But hey, I did. You know, the, fa- the family, we did go to a uh, to a hockey game last night. I know there is. We that went- takes some serious air conditioning in Florida. We went to the preseason game of the Florida Panthers versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was a good game. Cool. I actually enjoyed it. I get to do some really something really exciting Sunday though. What's up? I've not been since I was a little kid, and when I did, we were way up in the nosebleed seats. We're going to the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, my parents. I had two sisters, so it was my parents and two sisters, and um. So we couldn't afford really good tickets, so we were actually up above the lighting rig and tapped the trapeze. The arena, but we were also, if I remember, that was back when um, in the Cleveland area they used to have the Richfield Coliseum, which the, this thing is, sat like twenty thousand people or something like that. It was huge, so we were up in the upper deck somewhere. But now that they're actually touring again, back right. in March, Vicky and I bought tickets, and they're like, you know what, we're going to go see the circus. Well, I'm not even sure if I've ever been to the circus. To be honest with you, I. I must have at some point. I have not. 
I've been to a couple of outdoor not, like circuses too. I I know but this could be weird. I know I have it, not. Yeah, well, Ringling Brothers is um, was always known for their animal acts. Yep. And now they have no animals at all. Right. I know. Well, Ringling Brothers is based out of uh, here in Florida. Yeah. I think they're in Kissimmee, aren't they? Is that their winter home? No. Or was? Uh, Tampa area. Okay. It's their winter home. Sarasota area. So, um, we're going to talk this week the, well, what initially was said on Twitter, the series finale, when it's actually the season finale. Well, yeah, we already knew that. Of Ahsoka. Um, but before then, uh, I've got a few other stories to, to start us off and start off with some collectible news. It was announced today as we're recording the first Star Wars Black Series Holocom collection. But you know, these really aren't Holocom. With the way they have these done, they're Louis, the, like the bounty pucks. Because underneath is a nameplate that says wanted and, and how much the bounty is. Hasbro doesn't know the difference. Yeah. But the marketing doesn't. It's a marketing thing. Uh, these are going to run about 35 bucks each. Um, they will be of, they will have been available to pre-order starting October 5th. So as it's already dropped, they are available. So, well, it says October 5th at 1 PM Eastern. So at one Oh one PM Eastern, they will be sold out. Every one of them. Probably. Um, of these, I think there's only one I really would want to get, but, uh, Star Wars, the Black Series, Han Solo, includes three accessories, will be available to pre-order at Entertainment Earth. That's the one I would want to get. Yeah. Is that know, one? Ahsoka, the, those two look really cool. To me, this is the only, you know, for the bounty puck, Solo is the only one that makes sense. Yeah. Um, up next, Star Wars, uh, obviously these are all Black Series, Axe Wolves. Includes a blaster accessory, a helmet accessory, a jet, and a jetpack. This will be available on Amazon. I don't know why they were pulling that one because I mean, he's kind of an um, important character in the Mandalorian. But there's plenty of people that um, there's a lot of other uh, characters in Star Wars that I would think we get this treatment first. But other than Han Solo, these are all Mandalorian characters. Yeah, from the Mandalorian series, not just they're not just Mandalorians. But you know. Instead of Axe Wolves, I would have maybe done uh, the Mythos character. Yeah. Or how about the child? That too. That's the first bounty, bounty puck we, or the second bounty puck we ever see, isn't it? Yeah. The first one is the Mythos. Yeah. We had to use the refresher on the Razor Crest. That one would have been cool. Um, the Mandalorian includes a rifle accessory, a pistol, and a jetpack. It will be available on Hasbro Pulse and Shop Disney. Oh, Katan, two blasters, a helmet, and a jetpack, exclusive at Target, and Ahsoka Tano, which will be exclusive at Walmart as part of Walmart Collecticon. She will come with her two signature lightsabers. I mean, these look cool. And if these look more like, I mean, if Ahsoka's came on like the 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 Clone Wars or the Jedi holoscan 
or the holo communicator, a holocom. Yeah. Base instead of the the bounty puck. I, I could have I could have dealt with that. These others just don't make sense. The other what well what also kind of doesn't make sense other than the fact that these are technically still toys, um, is that they run on AAA batteries. It's like why didn't they just put a lithium battery and run it off a of USB? That too. Because you have all the um, all these three um, D laser etched uh, hologram looking uh, acrylic lights that they have. It's like you could do the same thing with this. Yeah, I have But to me, the only one that would make sense that would have been with a bounty is Han Solo. If you were going to do them as bounties, I would have done Solo. I would have done Chewy. Um. Well, you can do the heroes, the, all the heroes of value. You can do Luke, Leia. Yeah. Because all of them had prizes on their heads. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, at, I know this question has been popping up a lot, and people have gone back and asked this question the last few weeks. Who's watching Sabine Wren's Lothcat? It's dead. Well, Vicky was actually brought that up earlier tonight, and it, um, someone had mentioned that on something we were watching. They had brought that up, and it's like, and the first thing she said was, "If you watch when they leave, they leave the door open." Yep. Mm-hmm. And then- so the power's open. The cat goes wherever it wants, but then it's also a cat. Trust me, it'll figure out how to get out. Yep. Well, it will figure out how to survive. Apparently, the loaf cat does have a name. The name is Merley. But over on YouTube, uh, StarWars.com released the Sleepy Loath Cat Lo-Fi. It's part of an ongoing series of soothing animation set to a relaxing soundtrack. Okay. Which is great for chilling out, studying, or even taking a nap yourself. Speaking of which, you see the Ahsoka soundtracks out? I did not see that it was out yet. Yeah, it came out Friday. Sweet. Oh, man. This uh, Star Wars lo-fi, 11 hours, 2 minutes, and 39 seconds. Wow. Most of these are like two hours. That's it. And you just repeat it. Yeah. That seems a little excessive. That's a lot of music, unless they repeat a lot of stuff. I don't know. It's a lot of sleeping too. <laughs> I could have you ever watched the cat? Yes, I have. Eleven hours is nothing. Nope. Oh, yeah. Um, since we're probably eighteen hours a day. Since we're talking about Sabine, there are twelve Easter eggs from inside Sabine's Lothal Lookout, which was formerly. Ezra's lookout. Mm-hmm. So, number one, Sabine's paint sprayers. Those are kind of cool looking. Yeah. I, I mean, they were cool in the in the animated series. You know, I always wonder, how do you take something from the animated series and make it a live look? Well, they did a pretty good job. 
I, re- I really like it. Uh, number two, Ursa Wren's hair clip. It was once owned by her mother. Bears the same design that she also had on her armor in the third season of Rebels. It looks familiar. I totally missed it when it was in the. Um, if I remember, I saw the sprayers when we first see it. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember that. That didn't jump out at me. Uh, number three, Ezra Bridger's scout trooper helmet. Yeah, I spotted that one. That was that was awesome. I I, I like that one. I'm curious to see how long it's going to be before uh, Hasbro does a Black Series helmet with it. So, uh, number four, a brightly painted barrel. At first, I thought it was a, a Camtono, but it's not. Uh, it's almost like a barrel or a trash can, something like that. Uh, and it is painted in the same motif as the stolen TIE fighter that's being customized in season one. Yeah, I didn't catch that one at all. I um, And that, that one would have been hard to actually spot and know what that is. Yeah. Um, number five, Loath Cats and a Loath Wolf. Yeah, uh, I remember that. If I remember it, there's other Loath Cats all over the um, Yeah. All over the room. Yeah. Uh, number six, Rebel Wins. You can see where she has, you find at least 10 Stormtrooper helmets painted on the walls, symbolizing the individual Imperials defeated in a fight against the Empire. Most likely graffiti from an old kill count mm-hmm. before the New Republic took, took hold. Uh, number seven, the near-painted versions, real Stormtrooper helmets, and a clean Scout Trooper bucket can be seen piled up on a crate near the head of Sabine's bed. I think those are the remnants of Ezra's collection. Probably. Because if you remember throughout Rebels, he was collecting helmets. Oh, yeah. Uh, and right next to that, Number eight, ghost seat. Um, she has a a chair. Not a chair. She has a chair next to the stormtrooper helmet collection that's painted in a similar motif as her her seat on the ghost, which was black with three red stripes. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, tukas. Trio of crudely drawn tukas, star shaped creatures, with a feline tuka species is named for have taken up residence next to the door. Uh, we've seen it in Clone Wars. We've seen it in the Bad Batch, notably in the hands of Wrecker and then Omega, who share yeah, yeah. a Tuka doll named Lula. Yeah, I don't remember it from the Clone Wars. I remember it from Bad Batch. Uh, Clone Wars, it was a R- Ryloth issue or episode okay. with the Twi'lek. One of the Twi'lek kids had a, had a Tuka. Uh, number 10. A puffer pig doodle, referencing back to when Lando Calrissian hired the ghost crew to transfer puffer pigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 11. Later on, they remember um, the puffer pigs came back two or three times throughout the series. Yeah. For different things. I think Hondo was trying to smuggle them around once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 11. Phoenix art. That's uh, everywhere throughout the series. Yeah. And number 12, a hidden convoy, a lone convoy like Morai, a flying creature often associated with Ahsoka um, and connected to the ancient world of Mortis, is never seen on camera, but can be found in this behind-the-scenes image in Sabine's room. And more on that later. Yep. So, 
Um, and then before we get into the good, the bad, and the nitpicky, which is being brought to us by Jersey Ninja, um, status on a season two. Uh, Deadline reports that Ahsoka Season 2 is more of a reality and conversation, though nothing is locked yet. That's because they can't film anything right now. Yeah. Well, if they went went to England to film, they could. But you're still using American actors. It doesn't matter. England, if if they go to England, it's not under SAG-AFTRA. It still depends on the actor. It, it does become point of the actor, yeah. But they can write it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, they're, and they're looking at the strike should be it shouldn't be lasting much longer now that the um, writers have their deal. I hope not. Because more likely, it looked like the producers' guild and stuff was basically um, trying to deal with one, and then they'll deal with the other. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, most likely will happen. Well, yeah, you got to remember the guy who's writing this is the guy who's in charge of creative. <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, let's get into the good, the bad, and the nitpicky. Brought to a, brought to you by Jersey Ninja. Take it away, Derek. All right. So, good, bad, and nitpicky—something I pulled away from my other podcast, Keepers of the Fringe, uh, and that is where we pick something out of the episode that was good, something that perhaps was bad that we didn't or that we didn't really like, and just some little nitpickies that might have bugged us a little, but not enough for us to be affected, uh, our enjoyment of the episode to be affected. And in this case, because it's Star Wars, we like to end on a positive note, so we're going to go backwards and start with the nitpickies. Anybody have any nitpickies? Um, Mine are picky or bad. I'm not sure. It, did, um, it brought me down a little bit towards the at the end of the series. We'll see when when I talk about it. You guys can tell me whether or not it's a. I think it's probably a nitpicky. But, um, that's entirely up to you, really. Yeah, I and think it's more of a nitpicky because we did this entire show was to find uh, Ezra and bring him home and bring in Thrawn's coming home, and we end the show right where the show started in opposite directions. Yes. We end up the exact same way Rebels ended, with mm-hmm. Ron and Ezra taken off, and um, Sabine and everybody else is on the other side of, the, of in a different galaxy. It's just they swap places. Yeah, right. It was kind of like one of those like, okay, that didn't help much. Why, why did they even do eight episodes? <laughs> yeah, swap it. Which also I makes mean, me wonder: Are they going to have to waste, you know, spend time in the next season trying to get? How much time are they going to spend trying to get Ahsoka and Sabine back? Well, well at this point, though, Ahsoka and Sabine, I think, know how to get back. They just got to find the um, Purgles and just <laughs> ride back home. Right, but they don't know, you know, how often do the Purgles come around? How, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would add one more to that, too. How do you get Shin back as well? And when she comes back, will she come back with the with the Raiders? Yeah. We gotta get into the end of this episode. It has a bunch of div- bunch of things in it. Once we get to there, but that's why I said I'm not sure. I think this was more of a nitpicky than a bad because I don't think it was a terrible thing. Yeah, if it didn't like, like if it, a bad thing is something you just like, I just I can't. That just that was too much. That was too far. I can't deal with it. It's too much. Yeah, my for me, my nitpicky, which almost 
went to that extreme was the the use of the night mothers in this episode. The way they were used or just the fact that they were used? The, or? What, the way they were used. I don't know. For me, that seemed like it was exactly what we were expecting them to be used for. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. They resurrected stormtroopers. I still don't know if those stormtroopers were dead to start with. They were. They never, but they never show that with the Night Brothers. They resurrect them yeah, after they've been knocked down. But that doesn't mean that they were dead to start with. Yeah, but I, I think they were because when they slice open the helmet, the helmets on the on the stormtroopers yeah, on and on the death troopers, they've already got the zombie, zombie esque. Yeah. I think the only thing they had done is tweak the the magic in them to where when they're knocked down they do they do rise up yeah <laughs> get knocked down and get up again see what you started Ken <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if I didn't do that you would have yeah I know so to me that that's that's what what I see with it is they, they were already dead. The only one who I still go on the belief, the only one who's not dead is, uh, is Enoch. I kind of disagree. I think he might be. Yeah. I think he might also be, but I don't know. We can't, there's no way to know until they actually take that helmet off of him. Cause I want to, if, if he's not one that was dead, where did he come from? I think he's one of the few, I think he's one of the few troops that actually survived. Or maybe the only troop that survived. So why is he why is he wearing that mask on his helmet and, and why what makes him so special? Because one, he's the only survivor and he's become Thrawn's right hand man on the ship, essentially head of the troops when Thrawn's not around. He's the highest ranking. Yeah. Two probably went with that look because of a, a gladiator type aspect. But for what purpose? Don't know. To make it look cool. That's that in many ways I'm kinda hoping they flesh out some of this in the comics. Mm-hmm. This backstory on them. That could actually be another nitpicky for me a little bit. That, yes. um there's parts of this episode that the pacing was extremely fast. Yeah. Like they almost had to skip over details to get to where they wanted to go. Right. Yeah. Stuff like um Ezra, they, they jump to hyperspace. Next thing you see is this shuttle going to the New Republic fleet. And it's Ezra in the Stormtrooper armor. And it's like, if they had one more episode of this show to do it, you would have seen him actually taking out, getting the armor, getting the shuttle and taking off, you know? Yeah. One small nitpicky for me, in regards to that scene, why didn't he just come out without the armor on or without his, with the helmet off? Because it's a Rebels thing. How many times in Rebels, in those four seasons, do we see Ezra dressed up as a trooper? Dramatics. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense, because if he's coming out to show them, you know, I'm not I'm not the Empire, I'm not a stormtrooper, well, then, you know, take the helmet off. Well, because he left his other clothes back with the um, trooper that he stole the armor from. The, the only other thing but I could... Walk out of there naked? 
Well, the only other thing I could think of oh. is he stayed he stayed in it, and stepping off allows him to show what the enemy's going to look like now that Thrawn's back. Yeah, but he can still do that. And I have I still having the dead body on the side or the the armor yeah. on the side. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I honestly think it's the um it's another throwback to the Rebel show. The fact that Ezra was always running around in the trooper armor, Ezra and Kanan both, and Sabine even at that point. At this point, yeah, I'm sure you probably you're probably right there, but it's still for me that's a little nitpicky. It just yeah, like I said, I, and actually, I mean, we'll get into the ratings later, but I loved so much of this episode. Yes, but there's other parts of this episode that make it to where this may actually be a little lower in the ratings than some of the other ones we saw. Uh, Which is weird because it feels like that's so wrong because of all the cool stuff we got. Yeah. Um. Any other nitpickies? Um. Not really a nitpicky, more of a, a confused, or a, or a thing, or or to take the old, from the old Arsenio Hall things that make you say, "Huh." Uh-huh. The 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 duel between Morgan and Ahsoka. No, with, with the you know, with the sword of Talzin. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember it being made out of Beskar. It's not. Yeah, it may not be. And it's I thought not, it's magic. But I thought it's, Beskar was the only thing that. Um, it's, it's the only thing that they know of that stands up to lightsabers. Yeah. This sword may this sword may be just regular steel or whatever. But the magic protects the sword. Yeah. Okay. Hence the green, that's the way I, everything. Yeah, that's the way I looked at it. Yeah. Me well, too. What, like I said, it, it was something that made me go, what? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not being picky or critical about it. It, it was just. Well, that's kind of the whole point of the nitpickies. <laughs> it, it's just one of those. For me, it was, I wasn't, I, I, I felt a little lost. I get it, but like Ken said, I was just I was under the impression that it's because of the magic that they used, because they kind of pulled it out of thin air. Yeah, and as we've discussed before, um, the Force has multiple, multiple different versions of it that, throughout the galaxy, where the the Night Sisters are 100 percent Force users. Right. They use right. what would be acknowledged as the dark side of the Force, but for them, it's magic. Um, actually, that. Reminds me of one little nitpicky, and it's not really, it's not really a, necessarily over the episode, but it was, it's, um, when, when, uh, Ezra and Sabine were fighting and, you know, they lost their lightsabers and stuff and Ezra was like, you know, was, was punching and stuff. I wanted, I would want to see them have like the, the Jedi should have some kind of like force punch, like where you punch someone and you use a little bit of force to give a little extra oomph. That's just a personal taste of mine that I would love to see. In a lot of the games and the role-playing games and stuff, there is a way you can augment your strength with the Force. Exactly. So that I would never, just to see never that. Never got fully trained either, so. Yeah. Again, that's that's not even in regards to the episode. It's just something I would really like to see is just use yeah. the Force and that, you know, to augment your uh, your fighting and everything. Right. 
That's why a lot of times also, like, you look at the original trilogy Star Wars and the stuff Luke does, there's all kinds of stuff Luke has no idea even exists because he was never fully trained and he's never seen a Jedi. So right. he doesn't even know what he would be doing. He he's just, just knows what he's shown. Yeah, he's just relying on on the books that he's found over the years and the, yeah. and the other. Yeah. I think the old Jedi Order, a lot of the stuff the Padawans learned and the um, younglings learned and realized what they can do is from watching what the other Jedi do. Right. It's like, wow, these days could do this? Well, I'm going to figure out how to do that myself. Yeah. They don't have to be taught because they just start figuring it out on their own, knowing that it's something that's a possibility. Right. If you don't know it's a possibility, you don't need to know to try it. Right. Well, I mean, you know, that would be how the, the original Force users would have to learn things by trying them out. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I, I think I've, I'm done with nitpickies. Yeah, I'm done with mine. How about you, Derek? What you got? Um, was that all? Your, did we cover some of yours? Yeah, I think I think all of mine have been covered, pretty much. Yeah, I can't think of anything else offhand. All right, let's move on to the bad. Was there anything particularly bad about this episode that you did not care for? I didn't have anything this time. This whole series, I've not had anything that was bad myself. Um, I didn't, I didn't have anything bad per se, but what I, what I did have is I'm very, um, I want, I'm, I'm very much wondering, uh, what they're going to do, um, with Balin now. Yeah. Well, we got to get into dissecting that last scene with him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think with this episode, we could almost add a, a fourth category of it's the, the good, the bad, the nitpicky, and the what if. Sure. Would that be the what the blanky? Yeah. That, actually, that is another category we use in Keepers of the Frames. <laughs> the good, the bad, the nitpicky, and the what, what the blanky. <laughs> the, the whiskey tango foxtrot. Exactly. <laughs> Which the, and actually that goes into um, what we added last week of what are we looking forward to next is where yes. a lot of this uh, st- what the crap comes from mm-hmm. yeah so alright so if there's nothing major for bad stuff let's get into the good yeah. stuff uh, well I guess the only go going ahead. back to the bad if I was to call it bad it's just the whole the whole thing with Shin and the Raiders standing up on the hill on, with the howler, looking down, and then holding her arm up with the like. Okay, yeah. that's a cheesy moment. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. That that, that was that. Did you guys almost forget that the, she and Balin were on the planet? Yes. No. At that point, it had been a couple times, a couple episodes since we had seen them. <laughs> I no, we we saw that they were even there. No, we saw them last episode. Was it? Yeah, we saw him in seven. Okay. I I expected to. I expected Balin to be on planet because he said he he had a different path and and he left the whole scenario. And and he looked off towards what ended up where he ended in his final scene. Right. Shin, I expected to be back on the ship. So now the the question remains: What is going to become of her as well? Yes, 
Well, I did. If I had one for the bad, real quick before we keep going, because we're gonna get in. We gotta save that some of those things for the end for what's coming up. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's what a lot of this is. But like I said, if there's anything for bad, it would be from the um, from my nitpickies to a possible bad would be the um, two or three spot. Two, I mean, multiple spots in this episode where the um, the pacing is going fine, then all of a sudden they skip a scene. It's like there, yeah. it feels like there's missing content. Like yeah. scenes were just totally cut out, and they had gone too long or something, so they just cut scenes, and they and if it's noticeable. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Every I, show yeah, has scenes cut out and parts cut out, but if it's done correctly, you don't notice that those were there to start with. Right. I can this see that. Yeah. Spots that felt like it was missing a scene. Yeah. Now I don't know if that was done intentionally or if it was just uh, something we're seeing, or if there are scenes on the cutting room floor that they just ran out of time could be scenes that just ran out of time which i don't understand it's a streaming show that can go as long as they want yeah <laughs> i mean we said vicky and i started um tonight started the witcher season three the first episode's like an hour and five minutes the second episode's like 58 minutes the third episode's yeah. an hour and 10 minutes there's no consistency <laughs> yeah and most of the disney shows are not they just they're coming in under an hour yeah but it's, right 35 to 55 minutes. Yeah. So why couldn't you take the finale and go a little long if you needed? Well, that that's a nitpicky with Disney plus as a whole yeah. consistency with your show links. Yeah. See, that doesn't usually bother me, but when it's stuff like this, where it feels like this should have been a little bit longer, give yeah. me an extra 10 yeah. minutes to give me two or three extra scenes here. I really thought it was going to be a little longer than, but you know, we've had this, we've had the same complaint in the past about, Mandalorian mm-hmm. and Obi Wan mm-hmm. about the inconsistency in the show links. Yeah, usually it's when it's inconsistent and they're short. It's like why yes. was it only thirty five minutes? Exactly. Yeah, these were all in the, at least 45, 45 to fifty five minutes, just about. Uh, except I think there was one that was like thirty five minutes. Yeah, this last one was forty eight minutes. Yeah. yeah, but that's also with a. Uh, with 10 minutes of credits? Yeah. 10 minutes of credits and five minutes of recap. Yes. So. Well, let's get to the good stuff, because this thing was full of good stuff, too. Oh, we're there. What, what do you What do you want to mention for your good stuff? Probably start towards the beginning. I don't know. Because <laughs> I saved the end of the show for the end of our show, because there's a lot of... We got a lot to dissect there. All right, let's start at the beginning then. Go ahead, Mike. Um, <laughs> That's not being thrown under the bus at all. No, it's not. <laughs> Thanks. So, uh, Mike, to us. <laughs> yeah, and it's supposed to work that way. <laughs> hey, what, you, what you got? <laughs> I don't know. That wrong one. Yeah, I I am totally at a at a loss. Uh, See, this is weird. I I actually watched it last night, which is weird for because usually we've been watching it um, right before we record. I'm oh, let we you start know. a good one to start with, and I didn't know this. I did I did some um, looking around, and some of the other articles that are up about this was the the name of this episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize Dave Filoni is actually a huge Narnia fan. I didn't know that either. So we got the Jedi, the Witch, and the um, what was it? Jedi, War- Witch, and the Warlord. 
which is a direct um, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. I completely forgot to watch <laughs> the last episode until tonight, and then I realized, oh, no, we're going to be talking about it. i got to watch the episode. So the reason I was a little late tonight is because <laughs> I'm still watching is so good. <laughs> <laughs> So I have literally just watched it right before we recorded. You cheater. <laughs> I just wanted to be fresh. For me, um, one of the things that I liked was when they're using the, you know, we we do finally see the awakening, the awakened powers within Sabine. Yes. Yes. So... So we did. She did get her her awakening um, when Ahsoka reached out to her. That that did open things up. Mm-hmm. So I, I was I was happy for that. It was interesting hearing also Hu Yang talking about how um, maybe some of Sabine's problems was that Ahsoka would not open up to her. It Correct. would not yeah, right. show her exact or almost. It was like Ahsoka was keeping. Some of the um, some of the knowledge of how the force works from Sabine, which was stunting her growth. Yeah, you know what? What I found amusing was the part where where uh, um, they were going to jump to the star destroyer, and Sabine's the one who was like, "You jump and I'll force push you," and Ezra's like. And I was like, mm, I don't think you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you and Kana do it all these times. <laughs> but he's never done it before. <laughs> I'll push you, then you pull me. I yeah. I really loved um uh shoot. Ezra building a saber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there with Hu Yang and the, um, the parts, and um, Hu Yang having the other emitter that um, that matched what Kanan had. Right. Yeah. But I I loved Ezra didn't build an exact copy of Ezra's Irva uh, Kanan's saber. It right. was a mix of the two. It yeah. still had a little bit. It had the bottom half of his saber. But to honor Kanan, I mean, he he I put. I was a little he, disappointed it didn't have the staple gun though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he only had that for like one season on Rebels anyway. Then he flipped it and got the, built the other one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing. One thing that is very I found very interesting is the various different um, fighting styles and everything that we saw in this episode um you know starting with the way they the way Ezra and Ahsoka and Sabine were all working together um like when they first entered the fortress and you know like uh Ezra would force push a a trooper right into Ahsoka's lightsaber or Mm -hmm. you know things like that was really cool but then if as it kept going on you saw the things like it was kind of interesting. At one point, you saw Sabine holding her lightsaber and a blaster. That was really interesting. Well, yeah. well, Ahsoka at one point gives the command to Sabine. Sabine blasters. Yes. 
Yeah, because Sabine was trying to stand up with lightsabers just like them, and, she, and Ahsoka knows. Wait a minute, Sabine's much better with blasters, right? So if you got um, Ezra and Ahsoka working with the lightsaber with the blades, it's perfect for Sabine to dodge and dive in and out with the blasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, then, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're. Did any of you have a little? Um, a little, a little twinge of, of uh, I don't know if it was anger or upset or whatever, but when when Ahsoka's lightsaber got cut in half, yeah, that kind of sucked. I was like, oh, I don't know why, but I really like the two lightsaber. Like when she I played another one, I mean, well, you I, ain't got all know, those parts. I know that, but it's she still has an entire you know, closet full of bins full of parts. When I played. When I played Knights of the Old Republic, I always did the two lightsabers because that that was my favorite style, and so I always have like a, a a little love for that when whenever I see somebody do it. Yeah, I always at, um, on Jedi Survivor I started using dual blade, and then I, then I discovered mm-hmm. blade and blaster. <laughs> oh, interesting! Yes. Well, I for me, it it, it kind of goes back to that. I was a little little confused about how it happened because I didn't see the move that caused the the saber to get cut. You didn't? No, I I must have blinked or something. Possibly. It was very quick. It, it was a very quick moment. It's all of a sudden I thought she hit the deflection. And then the next thing I know, the she's the, the hilt's being tossed to the ground because it's cut in half. And I'm like, okay, I missed this. And I I just never rewound to to check because I just wanted to keep the, the flow going. So, well, actually, um, now I'm kind of skimming through the episode as I go, and I had almost forgotten the opening scene of this show, where it has the three mothers, um, and you actually see where they get their face marks. It's not paint. It's nothing like that. No, those are actually um, burns from them accepting the power. Oh, yeah. right. It- those are actually burned on their face. Yeah. So does that mean they create the sword out of nothing? So does that mean Asajj Ventress would have technically been a night sister before she became a, a Jedi? It's possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, she went back to um, Dathomir after the Jedi, didn't she? I don't. I don't know. That's I don't remember. Question. I don't either. So after she left the Order. I think she went back to Dathomir at one point. Became a Night Sister and then went to try and be Dooku's assassin. Because I think, didn't Dooku find her on Dathomir? No. Uh, well, if you go based on the micro series. No, no, no. Jedi Lost, I think, it has the, the first appearance between the two of them. No, the micro series, because she auditions to be his assassin. Well, she's the only one there that happens to have lightsabers, and that's what drew his interest to her. It's in the micro series. Yeah, but that's not canon anyway. No, it's yeah. not. But, um, I I found it interesting. Ezra's blade is is now blue. I did too. I was wondering if possibly it was just there's a limited number of crystals in the sh- on the ship. Possibly, could be. But he still why why would he why would he 
what has changed that made him drawn to the blue instead of the green? Did he do it as an homage? Oh, Kanan's was what? Blue, wasn't it? I believe so. Like I said, I'm wondering if it just wasn't, that's the crystal that they had available. No, I, I don't think so. I don't, I doubt they had like a, a ton of, uh, it, his saber, is, his saber is blue. So I'm wondering if he did this in a, uh, in a manner of, it was a nod to the Canaan to go blue. Hence why he also did the emitter like Canaan's. Cause Ezra's old saber was green, which is what, Sabine now has. That would probably have to be the only reason because I doubt he knows or understands what what the original purpose of the colors were. Right. Well, you never know. I suppose, yeah, maybe. That might have been something Kanan taught him at one point. Or... Could have been. Especially when Ezra made his own saber. Okay, back to Saj for just a minute. I'm reading through Wikipedia, and um, yeah, she was never actually part of the Jedi Order. No, she, she was. was. Raised, she was on pirate ships. Um, Ty Narek, her master, found her while she was being uh, was by the pirates, and he started raising her and training her in the ways of the Force, um, the in the ways of the Jedi Order. But she never actually got back to the um, temple with him before he was killed. So I remember that was a big point of the thing that she, um, <clears throat> what's called? She, yeah, she's having these talks, mental conversations with, training. with her former master. So she actually, um, one was probably way older than the Jedi Order would have ever started training her. Possibly. Oh yeah. So she had already um, been a night sister before that. Just she was a um, child. Yeah, she probably would have been. Yeah, because she was with the Jedi sisters. Then they, um, her coven was um, forced to surrender her to uh, Halstead, which was a criminal. He took her away from her sisters to the um, world of Rat Attack, where she was raised as a slave in his service. Yeah. And then when he was killed by the weak way pirates. <laughs> Um, she became their slave until Kyne Eric found her. And while he was actually stranded on Rat Attack. So she never actually made it back to the actual to the Jedi Order until after way past all that. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, we can go back to where we were. <laughs> no, no. It's all good. Oh, another cool thing kinda on this was the um caravan. Oh yeah, all the little guys hiding up underneath the ship. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm liking these little hermit crab dudes. The Nadis. Yes, I wonder if they're going to actually come back to the other galaxy when um, Ahsoka and everybody goes back. I was kind of expecting it. I wonder if we're getting any toys of them. Oh. That'd be so cool have to, to have next to make some naughty toys. <laughs> okay, so that wasn't what I thought it was. <laughs> I need to find a rim shot. I just do. Um, why don't we go ahead? Cause I, I know this is a good, that's on all of our, our lists. 
Ken, go ahead and, and hit us up about uh, what's his name? Uh, Balin. Oh, that yeah, the last scene with Balin. Yeah, <clears throat> this and it sets up so much, so many questions. Yeah, yeah. Let me bring it back up here so I can actually. Hey, there it goes. There was the least of which is what are they going to do now with, with him? Yeah. Well, I think with with the way they they left him, it, it, it's it's fine. But you can you know what he's doing there is um, setting up for future story. Yeah, right. They're, they're just going to recast him, or well, it's a possibility they could just do that. I wonder if they've thought of about it yet. If they're if if or if they're just holding off for the moment on figuring out what they want to do. Well, I I found it interesting that here he is at another location that's connected to the Mortis family. Well, it's interesting also because of um, and nothing is done by accident in Star Wars. If you look, we see him standing on the fist of the father, pointing outwards, right, mm-hmm. with the brother beside him, but the sister with her head chopped off. Yeah, right. And the way the Mortis gods worked was the father was the balance between the two. The brother was the dark side (laughs) and she was the light side. So it makes me wonder if his, his thing was to bring light side back to that planet and be the key to that. I don't know. This is a totally different galaxy. I mean, uh, maybe this, maybe that's symbolic of the, um, the light side is not nearly as strong in this galaxy as it is in ours. Could be. Maybe. Now, I I'm still curious though what what it, the statue is pointing at because we really don't we really didn't see anything just the far horizon. I'm wondering if there's a temple at the far end. Yeah, maybe it could be. Let me watch this through this again. So we see Shin um, raise up her lightsaber, and say, "Hey, everybody, look at me." Yeah. <laughs> I got there's something. nothing on the horizon out there. It's just pointing off into the uh, mountains. So I'm wondering if there's a temple in one of those mountains, Possibly. or on the other, or on the other side of those mountains. Well, if you remember, on Mortis, the Mortis gods didn't have a temple or anything, right? But if they're tied to the Jedi's there, the more the Mortis, the Mortises were used back in the early Jedi tr- teachings. If you remember from Clone Wars and Rebels, they were used as part of the early teachings, which we may get ties with Mortis in that in the Jedi Beginnings film. Yeah. Well, also um, another story that you had put up there um, that ties with uh, Dave Filoni's movie that um, I guess he's made um, little comments here and there that say that he may actually be touching a little bit on the origins of the Jedi also. Could be in his film. So, um, and that, you know what might be interesting on this because um, the only thing we've seen in this galaxy <laughs> is this one planet that is obviously um, steeped in the um, origins of the Night Sisters and the Dark Side. Right, right. That's what this planet feels like. That's what we've been introduced as. What if in this galaxy, where is um, the normal Star Wars galaxy, the Jedi were the ones that came out on top and were. Um, the dominant force of force users, obviously. 
What if in this galaxy it's the reverse and the dark side is the dominant side that everybody that controls the destinies and things? Could be interesting. That's why you got a planet that's so strong for the for the death of Mary because the death of Mary started on this planet. They said mm-hmm. that that would also tie in a, a yin yang scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the two universes. And uh, we know Star Wars pulls from all these old mythologies anyway. So this could so be... Why would you have an opposite a universe that's um, almost like the polarity? The polarity of the normal Star Wars universe goes light side, whereas this universe maybe goes dark side. And, and this could be the galaxy that brought forth the Sith into the other galaxy. Possibly. Or maybe they had their, their version of the Sith War... And um, whereas the original galaxy, the Jedi won the Sith War. We know right. this. Well, in this one, the Sith won the war. And, and, and to continue on with what you're saying, you know, with, with that yin-yang effect, who's to say that the Sith aren't the peacekeepers in that galaxy? Exactly. Like I said, if they're, if the dark side is dominant, right. dark side, technically, if you look at all the um, the Sith code and everything else, it does, there's nothing in it that specifically says it is evil. Right. Now, they do evil because of it, but it's all about power, not about being the bad guy. Right. But if the Sith are the the peacekeepers, then they're definitely going to be doing keeping the peace in an entirely different way than the Jedi would. Right. Um, well, Keeping the peace through force. Let, let, let's look back at it this way. Um, look at the Old West. Uh, Wyatt Earp, almost an outlaw himself, but was a peacekeeper. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it over and over on this. That, I, mean, um, I mean, he wasn't the nicest of peacekeepers. He he would have been borderline Sith. Yeah. Whereas you have someone like a Matt Masterson, who was more Jedi than Sith as a peacekeeper. Well, saying in the universe here. Um, when the Sith win, quote unquote win, and uh, the Emperor says, Hey, I did this, we did this for a stable and peaceful. And he keeps saying that he wants all this power for peace. And if you look before the rebellion starts fighting, they're basically the galaxy has seized peace, right? Until the rebellion comes up and starts fighting for 20 years, there is actually, I mean, it's oppressive, it's um. Basically, with a boot on everybody's neck, but nobody's fighting. Right. Mm-hmm. So th- there is something to be said that you can get peace through power. No one will be happy except for you, possibly. But <laughs> you can't get peace through power. That's the price you pay. <laughs> exactly. We've seen that in human history. Oh, yeah. There's multiple, multiple ways to have peace. Oh, yeah. Whether you want to live in that society is a different question. Right. So, yeah, like you were saying, Mike, if the Sith, who's to say that if the Sith and the dark side is the dominant polarity in this other universe or other galaxy, what's to say that the Sith didn't keep the peace? This is true. Um, I still think with with Shen, um, I, I'm going to go ahead and jump us into the, the WTF moments. I think with Shen, what we're seeing with the way she calls the um, the Raiders together 
I I think this is where we have seen her turn almost completely Sith. And, and for some reason, I'm still got that gut feeling. We're seeing the creation of the Knights of Ren here. You're not going to let that one go, are you? I am not going to let that one go. Because nothing ever said the Knights of Ren were, were all Jedi or Force users. Well, also, um, I would actually be a little more on that theory than I would have her becoming Sith. Because I think, I honestly think that in order for her to become Sith, she would have to actually be taught okay. the Sith she, ideology. She goes complete dark side. Okay, yeah, yeah. Rogue, complete yeah, Rogue Jedi, dark side, sense. yes. But right. in order to be Sith, she would have to know the doctrines and the, know what the Sith are. Right. You know I mean? And I don't think Balin taught her that. Because Balin was not Sith. Right. No. I, I think we definitely, and I was mislabeling, instead of Sith, she this is her dark side turn. She goes full dark side at this moment. Because Knights of Ren are dark side. Kylo, yeah, right. Kylo, Ben Solo, was dark side. He was never Sith. He was never a Sith. See, I don't think she started the Knights of Ren. I think um, Kylo started the Knights of Ren. It may have been with these people, but I think he named them the Knights of Ren when he took on the name of Kylo Ren. Could be. That was always kind of the impression I had, but... They were his personal knights. Yeah. Or his personal... Be kind of, it'd be kind of like the Emperor's Red Guard. Well, these are his Red Guard. Yeah. Um, but... I do definitely think uh, we're going to see Shin possibly try and get back as well with Ahsoka and Sabine. Yeah. Because her motivation is she, maybe she was trying to get back to the ship. And it took off before she could catch. Quite possibly, yeah. And now she wants revenge on Thrawn as well for leaving yeah, her behind. I could see that. So. The, there is still, though, the coolest shot, I think, in the entire show is the one shot everybody wanted that we got as the final shot of this show. And that was where Ahsoka looks off in the distance and actually sees the oh. ghost of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Did she see him? Yes. I, you could tell by the way she looked that you could t- see it in her face that she saw something. Mm-mm. If not, saw sense. And, and it took Sabine sensing it first before Ahsoka attuned to it. Yeah, she knew something was out there. Yeah. I think Ahsoka actually saw it. But I I really, I really dug how, you know, this episode, uh, and apparently over on StarWars.com, Sabine is now listed as a Jedi. Hmm. Well, after this episode, you kind of can't deny that. Yeah. Yeah. Because she does use, it's blatantly she's using the Force. Up until this episode, everything there could have been explained that, okay, I think she was just trying really hard. Yep. And it just... Here she... she Well, then she actually changes the way she speaks in this also. When Ahsoka asks her, have you been training? 
She starts to say, I've been trying. Then she stops. Wait a minute. She remembers the lesson. No, I've been doing, but it's difficult. <laughs> yeah. There is no trust. Uh-huh. Do you well, think... this episode, she stopped trying. Yes, yes. Do you think she was having any effect when they were trying to open the gate? I think so. I don't know. Because I, I think as soon as um, Ahsoka gets through, he knows the gate shuts a lot quicker. Because mm. I... Because you you lose the support of the third. If she was stronger, it could have stayed open a little longer. Mm. But Ezra himself wasn't strong enough to keep it open. It, it was with Sabine's help that it stayed open as much as it did after Ahsoka went through. So it helped a little bit. And it was just enough to give him that, well, let's get through and then, okay, we're good. Because it, it stayed open fairly well until Ahsoka walked, you know, cleared. And then it started to speed up. Mm. So. There was another thing about the um, Anakin I had never noticed, and it's um, something from the uh, Return of the Jedi also that I had never noticed until um, I actually just got done listening through that certain point of view Return of the Jedi. Something I had never noticed. If you look at Anakin um, as a ghost at the end of Return of the Jedi and in this, He's wearing robes that he never wore. Yeah. They're traditional, just fabric Jedi robes. Yeah. Even when, as a pad one, he didn't wear robes that look like that. No. And then when you get to episode three, he's got all the leather mixed in with it. Yep. I, they've, well, they never showed him wearing traditional long Jedi robes. Mm. Well, we don't see it with Obi-Wan until A New Hope. Well, no, Phantom Menace is wearing the traditional style. Yeah, but in the New Hope, he he's wearing. You, you don't see pants. He's wearing full. The the tunic goes all the way down to the ground. Well, in New Hope, also, I don't think those it's are Jedi robes. Those are just dress. desert dress. Yeah, it could be. I mean, but that's what they apparently keep him in the rest of the time. Yeah. Uh, looking at Wikipedia real quick. Ice of Ren were enclave of mass dark side warriors that adhered to the ways of the Ren, a religious philosophy epitomized by the lightsaber. A band of marauders from the unknown regions, the knights roamed the galaxy causing wanton destruction. Imbued with the power of the Force, they were devotees to the dark side, which they referred to as the Shadow. In addition to their inherent abilities, the Knights of Ren were armed for range and close combat, close quarter combat, making them fearsome opponents in battle. Mm. But apparently they do go back to Knights of Ren were active during the Galactic Civil War um, and also worked at one time with, uh, with Kira and Crimson Dawn. So now Knights of Ren already existed. Yeah. Yeah. Do it, where's all that info coming from? In that is that just Wikipedia making it up, or is that actually can we reference that somewhere? Um, but it had to be in the comic books. It, I think it's from the comics. Yeah. They usually they usually do their research as yeah. far as you know. Yeah, I, I'm trying to f- get down to the footnotes section to see where it would have been. Um, working with. 
uh, Crimson Dawn would have came out of Crimson Rain 1 and 4. War the Bounty Hunters 5. They also appear in Bounty Hunters uh, 22, 24, 25, and 26. Uh, Crimson Rain 5. So, yeah, a lot of the backstory would have been flushed out during Crimson Rain. Mm. From what I could tell. So, um, again, why don't you take us home with the last bit? Okay. Well, it's time for our ratings for this episode. I remember our rating system is a little bit, a little bit different. We, whereas the rating system, instead of a zero to five or zero to 10 is a negative three to plus three. Whereas zero is right down the center. Just, it was an episode. Right side, dark side. Exactly. If you go negative three to the backside of the dark side, this is the worst piece of bent the poodoo you've ever seen in your life. It should <laughs> never be happened again. And where the positive three is the greatest thing. If you've never seen Star Wars before and this is the only Star Wars you'll ever see, this is the one you need to see. I'm telling you, this whole thing stinks like Dianoga poo. So, what do we think, guys? What did we think of this um, final episode of Ahsoka? Now that we've seen the whole thing, we know where it ends. Go ahead, Dirk. See, he did it to you now. Um... I am going to go with a uh, solid two. Okay. okay. I, I agree. Um, I Once we adapt over to the, the new, I, I would be going more 2.5, but not, or 2.25, but not enough to head towards that 2.5 scale. So I, I'm sitting at two as well. Right. And for me, um, because I, mine would probably right now be sitting right about a two because it wasn't. We didn't get everything. Um, I don't, it's hard to say that we wanted or that we expected, but with some of the problems that we saw in this episode compared to where the other, actually, I'd probably go with more of a one five because mm-hmm. it, I, we actually found more problems in this episode. I think that we did in any other episode of the series. So you're changing from a two to a one five. Yeah, make mine a one five, because it's like with some of the pacing issues, some of the blatant spots where it seemed like episodes were missing, or mm. were missing, it brings it down a little bit for me. I mean, I wanted it to be much better than it um, than some of what we got, but some parts of it shot it out of the park. It was phenomenal, right? So, so it's, more, it's more about what was missing than what was what was there. Yeah, well, every episode has had that. Whereas there's yeah. Huge parts of it that shot it out of the park. Yep. Right. So for me, it was like, you can't, all of them would be at two and a half if I was going on that side of it. <laughs> but when you put it both together, the negatives bring it down just a little bit. I mean, it's still a one and a half is still well into the good. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So. Well, I I forgot to do one formula on this. Okay. Um, so our average for this episode is a 1.83. Our average for the season is a 2.07. Now, I think next week we're going to do a recap of the entire season, and that's where we'll use our new ranking. But next week, I will, this is going to take too long for me to set up the the formula right to do Mm -hmm. the average for each one of us for the season. Uh, But I will have our season averages 
individual season averages for us next week. Okay. Okay. That work? Sure. And then next week we'll do our going back and reviewing the entire season and would we change any of our ratings under the new system, which will now be quarter points scale. I'm going to have to ponder that one. Mm-hmm. And if y'all want a copy of what y'all, if y'all want me to send you uh, what y'all rated in the past, I'll do that. I'll just go ahead and do that. That way y'all have it on file. Have a record. Yeah, I think that'll be a good idea. So, um, any final thoughts, gentlemen? I know it hasn't been officially announced, but I definitely am looking forward to uh, season two. Oh, yeah. Uh, my final thoughts, Chopper is still one of the smartest beings in the entire galaxy because Ezra <laughs> walked on that ramp and somehow Chopper already knew that it was Ezra. Yeah. Yeah. Because he rolls right up to him and says, hey, what's up? <laughs> I, want, I wonder if it's a biometric thing. I don't know. Possibly. Uh, the, other th- the other thing that I'm interested in is how this particular story fits in and into the the saga as a whole. I would imagine at some point we're going to have to see uh, old Thorny boy get get the axe. Yeah. Because he's not going to make it to the First Order. Right. So he gets defeated finally before the First Order rises. Mm-hmm. But how instrumental is he towards the creation of the First Order? Right. And what's what's that universe? What's that universe going to do with this undead army coming about? Mm-hmm. Right. That that right there, I think, is going to be something else. Hmm. So uh, the only final thought I had, I saw someone trying to say Snoke is actually a clone of Anakin Skywalker that failed by the Emperor. And that's, and that's where the Snoke came. It's a, it's a mix of Skywalker clone. Oh, give me a break. The Emperor said it was his clones. I know. I know. Is people still trying to reach out and, and and come up with with something? Grasping at straws. Yes, thank you. That's what I meant to say. Just grasping at straws. <laughs> That's a good one. So, other than that, I don't have anything else. What about you guys? Nope. All I got. Gentlemen, sounds like there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my